0: There, my cozy bad bitches i feel like we're trying on some new names for our basically our group you know i was always calling you my authentic seekers i'm a little hesitant to actually like label y'all something new because i also recognize we are currently in the middle of a venus retrograde and this is very much like beauty aesthetics and i've got to tell you i feel like It's normal during a Venus retrograde to want to like reinvent, rebrand, and like give yourself a new look. I also feel like a lot of astrologers tell you, and I have been one of those people, a lot of astrologers will tell you, like, you know, don't cut your hair, don't dye your hair, you'll regret it. I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't know if I agree with any of that, even though I've been somebody that has said it in the past. I think I was just kind of parroting what I was taught, but ultimately I feel like your identity and your self-expression is yours. And if you like, if you feel pulled to some kind of light, you need to follow that. That is like my number one rule for my entire life. Like my, I don't know if that's on being a Sag rising, probably, I am always here to follow exactly what lights me up. That's how I know that I'm in alignment with my purpose. Even if it changes from moment to moment, that is how I know that I'm in alignment with my life. When I'm playing, I'm creating, I'm excited. And sometimes that comes with like a rebrand, a new aesthetic. And so I've been, I actually posted this on Instagram uh, last night. When you're hearing this, it'll have been a few days, but I asked y'all on Instagram if you wanted to be the cozy bitches club the, uh, what was it? It was the Cozy Bitches Club. I, that one I think is my favorite, the Cozy Bitches Club. Even if you don't identify as a bitch, like it's fine. You could be a cozy witch. Uh, But what was it that I, okay. So I had the Spooky Bitches Club, the Cozy Bitches Club, and the Magic Witches Club. The thing is, I'm also designing new merch right now, which you'll hear about that in the future, guaranteed. But I'm designing new merch right now for a fall launch for like an early autumn probably like pre autumn, to be honest, I'm hoping to have this out before September, or like right around the beginning of September. But this, uh, we haven't done like a merch drop in probably the last couple of years. And I've like got a new company on printing, we're doing both embroidery pieces as well as printed pieces. And I was making designs that said the pumpkin patch, because if you follow my tarot card reading channel, you know more about that. I call everybody pumpkins because we are in the pumpkin patch. And I just feel like me as a person, I'm not a farmer. I'm not into fucking cottagecore. That's not my thing. I love that for you. If that's what you're into, that's not for me. I love pumpkins. I love Halloween. I love like gothic couture. I also love like pastel goth. I also am not you will never be able to like get my style down. I feel like my style changes every single day. I'm like a new person. (laughs) I think that's also on being a Gemini moon. We're just like never the same person. But I was just thinking about like, if I could stand up as like my boldest, brightest, most authentic self, what would I call my like group of people that I sit down and hang out with? Would we be the pumpkin patch? Is that still me? Does that still fit? And no, it really doesn't and authentic seekers is cute. I love it because I have made like an entire brand around following your authenticity and encouraging you to be your most authentic self. So authentic seeker makes sense. But it's not very cute for merchandise. It's not very cute for like, making something super niche, adorable for y'all. And I got to tell you, the Cozy Bitches Club sounds fucking cool. So uh, I'll I'll probably do a poll this week asking y'all about that, how you feel about that as like a new brand. I know when we go to do our next podcast shoot for a new cover, which won't happen until probably after Christmas time, it'll be in like January. Uh, I think I want to go with, like, a really fall-esque cover. Like, I want to deeply lean into the fact that I am a spooky bitch through and through. Because that is who I am. Last week, we talked about honoring every season. I have some news for you on that. So, I am here to honor every season. I love that. I love giving every season the appropriate amount of months. Not listening to consumerism. However, y'all, what am I supposed to do when... The leaves outside my house are turning yellow. (laughs) It's when I'm recording this, it's August 9th. So we're not even in the middle of August yet. And literally the tree in front of my house, the leaves are turning yellow. They're falling off the tree. I went on a walk this morning when I woke up, which was a wonderful experience. 10 out of 10 recommend waking up and going for a walk. But I woke up this morning and went for a walk out on the waterfront. And like every tree in my neighborhood is Turning colors already. And I just feel like is, I think that was kind of the case last year too here in Washington. Cause y'all have to remember I'm not from here. I moved to Washington two years ago in wait, will it be two or three years ago, two years ago in October, it'll be a full two years. And when I moved, I I've never lived in a climate like this. I've only lived in the desert And the desert, autumn comes at like what everybody else considers the appropriate time. It happens like late September, early October. Now, this is my second transition into autumn that I've gone through. And this happened last year too. The trees just start turning earlier here. So you know what? I think I am within my right to celebrate Halloween in August if I want to. And I'm just listening to nature. I'm not trying to listen to everything else. I'm just trying to listen to nature, but also the thing I have to remember, and I'm going to, I'm swear to you, I'm going to do it this year. Kind of like what we talked about last week. I'm leaving my Christmas tree up until March. I don't care what anybody says. Christmas is staying until March because literally the first day of winter is like December 21st. And by that logic, my tree would be up for like nine days. And I'm just not here for that. So we're leaving our tree up until like literally February 28th. And then we'll get into like the spring season. But that's just like the vibe I want to be on is like honoring those cycles more. I also feel like winter here is just longer. Like March does definitely start the transition into spring, but maybe it was just this year. We had such a like, honestly, like the longest winter of my life. I felt like winter was the longest season I've ever experienced this past year. So in any case, we have literally spent like 10 minutes almost talking about the weather, but I wanted to touch on those things because I was like, yeah, I'm going to honor every season. That's so cute. And here we are next week. I'm like, fuck it. It's fall. It's happening. Literally nature even agrees with me. There's not much I can do. (laughs) So... Uh, that's a vibe that's a fun time make sure you check out the poll if you're on spotify for renaming our thing i'm really leaning towards the cozy bitch club that's what i think that is the vibe i want to be on Um, spooky bitches. I also like the spooky bitch club and I love using witch. Like I think when I go to design merchandise, I will give two copies. I will design a piece that says the cozy bitches club. And then I will give a piece that is the cozy witches club because some people I know don't want to wear curse words. And I respect that. Like I'm fine with it. I don't give a damn what anybody thinks of me. But I know that some people like maybe in your community or you have children and you feel differently about those words. So I will definitely give separate options. But when it comes to actually like having a community name, I think that the Cozy Bitches Club is is a vibe. That's my favorite option out of all of them. Uh, because y'all know I'm always trying to catch a vibe. I'm in here in like the middle of November being like, y'all, I lit my fucking taper candles. I've got my pumpkin spice or my peppermint, whatever. And we're here making this podcast. I'm always trying to set a vibe for you. (laughs) I'm hoping to carry that into my vlogs as well. I've been um, making vlog content for Patreon recently. And my first vlog back was like 45 minutes. She was a little rusty. I definitely want to do a little bit more in the future, but as a first vlog, I think I did a good job and it was fun to make. Anyways, um, I feel like that's all I have for like catching up with y'all. Today's episode is a mother effing treat. Okay. This is something I have been inspired to speak with you about since, I don't even know how many months this has been in the making. I think I've wanted to talk about this with you since like January, February. So it has been months. And the reason for that is I had to put things into practice myself because I think that that is something that a lot of creators fall prey to is we want to speak and like help people and empower other people, especially if you tend to fall on the more motivational side of things, which I think I do. We wanna like empower people to be their best selves, right? And sometimes we'll speak on concepts that we don't really know jack shit about. That is something I don't like to do. I prefer to actually have the integrity and know what I'm talking about before I can speak on things. I touched on this a little bit in one of my Q&A episodes. I talked about like not mothering your spouse and there were so many of you that reached out to me privately that were like, Chloe, can you please talk about this more? And so I let this ruminate with me. I continue to practice the skill set that I've earned with this. And when I tell you my relationship is transforming in front of me, it is. So this episode is really for any of y'all that are in relationships, or if you want to be in a healthy relationship, these are things that So far, as I have put them into practice, they have given me a better life. And some of the things I'm going to say today, not everybody's going to agree with, and I fully respect it. I also feel like I need to throw a little disclaimer in here that when I am speaking today, I am speaking from the perspective of somebody that is in a hetero relationship. I am a cis woman. I am with a cis male man. Uh, That is the area I'm going to speak from. But please know that I believe that these principles can be applied to any relationship. You just have to decide what your relationship looks like. And it's kind of like with like health and weight loss. Everybody has an opinion of what your diet should look like, how you should eat, how you should work out because not everybody's body is the same. And so the problem that we run into is people get triggered by that you know people will get triggered by like oh you gave terrible dieting advice here you gave terrible workout advice here this won't work for this person because it didn't work for my body because my body's like this. This is why we need to remember and I say this very very loudly for everybody in the back so we all have a good understanding going in because this is the shit that keeps me from sharing information like this is I know that some of this is gonna spark some triggers for some people and I get that. I'm not here to try to trigger you I'm just here to share my experience. But within saying this, I know that what I'm about to talk about, some people will not like this because we are in a time I feel like in the world right now where we are exploring the binary. And I feel like a lot of the principles I'm going to discuss come from a perspective of two people in a hetero relationship that are on the binary. So just know No matter how you identify your relationship with your significant other is your own. You can decide what to do with this information. You can decide to keep it. You can decide to discard it. Everybody's relationship is different. However, I want to share these things with you because they have literally given me my life back in a way that I didn't even realize it was missing. So... Uh, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and hear a word from our sponsors, and then we are going to get into this, this-ish. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and, 6-1 since that matters. And, what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, y'all. So to really talk about this from, like, a personal experience, I feel like I kind of have to be a little vulnerable for a moment. And just kind of share where my relationship was in February. And I don't think I've ever really voiced this anywhere. Um, Not because I'm scared, but because it, you know, it's something that is very private and personal. And it's something that obviously I have to like have consent from my partner and myself to be okay speaking about it. But earlier this year, my husband and I were just not in a good place. Like probably the worst our relationship has ever been over the course of 15 years, which honestly to me is kind of surprising. Like we went 15 years without having this kind of problem. Amazing. But uh the divorce word was even like thrown out like that's how seriously bad things were and it wasn't because anybody did any like infidelity there was no cheating there was no gambling there was no it wasn't like some kind of horrendous thing and ultimately what it boiled down to is i was the one that was like i just don't know if i want to be in this relationship and crazy coming from me, little miss hopeless, romantic cancer, Venus claiming that she didn't know if this relationship was going to work out. Never in the history of my relationship with my spouse has this ever come up before. And what it really boiled down to is I felt like I was doing everything. I felt like I was working the most. I felt like I was tending to the house the most. And I felt like my spouse was constantly in his own office playing video games. That was my perspective. And in reality, what I learned, because at that time, I couldn't see my own faults. I couldn't see what I was doing wrong. I couldn't see how I had literally emasculated the shit out of my husband, how my behavior was very much on the line of mothering and always kind of bulldozing him. But to me, it was you don't pay enough attention to me, you don't work as efficiently as me, it was really this attitude and I'm really going to put myself on blast here. It was really this attitude that I was giving that I could do everything better. So why did I even need somebody else? I didn't need anybody else. I, like I said, in my mind, in February of this year, I worked more efficiently. I was better at doing the laundry. I was better at taking care of the floors. I was better at doing the grocery shopping. I was better at, you know, I couldn't imagine a reality where my partner could be my equal. And I know extremely toxic. We can't believe it. Our internet big sister is talking like this. And it's taken me a lot of vulnerability and courage to show up like this today because this is something I've kind of kept very private because it's something that I couldn't see what I was doing so inherently wrong. And why my biggest thing was, you know, the soft life, the soft feminine girl era is so on trend. We're seeing it everywhere. And I think it's honestly, to a degree, I think it is a response to the overproducing masculine That we have all been force-fed, especially in capitalist America. You know, we're all forced to live by this 24-hour clock, live for the weekend. And frankly, Divine Feminine doesn't operate like that. Divine Feminine doesn't operate from this place of seek, go, get, battle for it, work hard for it, sweat it out. 24 hours every day, we're replenished. We get up, we do it again. Divine Feminine says rest, relax, receive, do it based on your intuition doesn't mean you don't move at all, but it's a slower pace. And I kept seeing this mirrored to me everywhere. And I would get irritated because to me, I would see basically this idealized life of like a really adoring spouse or, and obviously we all know that comparison is the thief of joy, but just, just ride with me for a minute. So I would see this like reflected in my reality everywhere. And I was like, what? why doesn't my husband take me on dates? Why doesn't my husband buy me little gifts? Why does he spend all of his time playing video games and not being my everything? Oh my gosh, red flag. Such a red flag. Why is it like this? And... <clears throat> Why do I feel like to get his attention? I'm trying to do everything. Like I'm managing the finances I'm doing. I'm going to honestly tell you most of the work. Like my husband and I worked together for about a year and a half. And honestly, the biggest hurdle that we've ever had to work through, like, I now know at this point in my life, I don't think I would ever like to work with my spouse again like that. And not because he is not efficient, not because he is not good at what he does. Oh my gosh, his editing is incredible. It's that I think I actually do work better alone. I like things done on my own timetable. And I could sit and rehash all of the reasons on that. That's not really what I want to focus on today. We ultimately learned that we can't really work well together. And it's unfortunate because I think that's a lot of people's dream in today's society is to like, wow, what a dream to like run a successful business with your significant other. Uh, I think for some people that can really work for me and my husband, absolutely not. Uh it's something that we've done in the past, but never to such a full degree. Never to such a it was always kind of like a stopgap where he wouldn't be working for a few months, so he'd work with me while he was looking for more work. And this time it wasn't like that. He completely worked with me. I was the sole provider for the family, but I also managed the finances. And that was really where I feel like the biggest, like I guess like alarm bell was going off for me that was making me resentful was I felt like I was literally doing it all but I also felt like I had to and nobody told me that like at the end of the day if there was laundry in the hamper that I didn't put away my husband was never marching up to me asking me why I didn't put the laundry away at the end of the day if there's dishes in the sink my husband was never coming to me and demanding that I do something about those dishes. It was me that was the bully. It was me that was like, why don't you do this and this and this? Why is it me doing everything? And there was so much for myself to unpack in this. I have to admit, like, hello, my name is Chloe Taylor. I was the toxic wife. I was definitely mothering my spouse. And ultimately, what it really came down to is, uh, hello, I'm Chloe Taylor, and I have an anxious attachment style. And I couldn't see it. I had no idea. Ultimately, this also led to me unpacking like my parents' relationship and what I witnessed because your parents are your first, they're your first example of what a relationship looks like. And this is why I think it's so insanely important before you ever bring children into this life if you decide to do that, to make sure that you pick somebody that you could really see yourself building a solid family with because... Your kids are going to see that relationship and it will be the relationship that they will base all of their relationships off of. And even if like, for me, I don't feel like my husband is my mom or my dad. And I think that's a good thing, but I feel like the chaos that came from my household growing up, I would try to play it out with him unconsciously. And a lot of us fall prey to this. I take on the role when I am not acting on my own best interest and my own behalf and taking care of me and getting that soft feminine life, which we'll get into in a little bit. When I am not acting in my best interest and I'm not taking care of me and seeing what I am doing to cause these problems in the relationship where I am not helping and like taking my accountability. I see how I I act like my dad. My dad in my parents' relationship is very much like that. Feels like he has to do everything, begrudgingly does a lot of things, and then will complain the whole way through. But also, you can't do anything to his standard. It's very, very typical And growing up. That was how it was. And I believe that where that ultimately comes from is my father also grew up in an extremely abusive household and... I think that is just how he kept himself safe was by trying to control everyone and everything, including the kids, the wife, the house, the tasks of the house, because that's what it really comes down to is you're, if you're anxious and you don't know how to cope with that, control is a coping mechanism. It's a trauma response, trying to control every little thing and every little person so that you make no room for surprises. It's a trauma response, but it suffocates anything that could potentially grow in your relationship. So I'm sharing very vulnerably all of these things because I want you to understand that I was not in a good place. When I stumbled across the information that I came across, I was like ready to start going to counseling. And if counseling was not going to work, I was like ready to file for divorce. And again, that's not a word that I fucking play around with. That's not something like I'm not threatening to leave my spouse every year. I'm not you know, my husband and I never speak that way to each other. That was how miserable I felt. I would wake up in the morning and I was full of resentment. I was angry. I would look over to my sleeping significant other and just be like, gosh, why am I even with him? Like, these were the horrible thoughts that I was having. And now I just need to assure you, as we continue into this episode, I don't feel that way at all. I am so grateful for the man next to me. I love the person that I've got to watch him become. I feel like we work way better than probably we ever have in our entire relationship. And ultimately it came, I got, I'm getting to live my most soft feminine life basically by relinquishing control and making some subtle changes to my behavior that ultimately have just completely opened up a new Avenue. And it's caused me to work through my anxious attachment style. It's also, basically turned my husband into the adoring spouse who wants to adore his wife who wants to see me happy. And I kind of when I first got the information I'm going to share with you today, I didn't think it would work. (laughs) I was like, this sounds like bullshit. This sounds like some fucking mind games. This sounds like some shit that you shouldn't be messing with. Like, just go speak to a counselor and like get the real work done. And don't get me wrong. I am a huge advocate for therapy. That's actually one thing with the information I want to share with you today. One of the books that I got a lot of this information from, they talk about not seeking counseling and just trying to implement these skills. And that's actually something I don't 100% agree with the author. There are actually a number of things in the book I don't necessarily agree with. So take this everything I'm saying with a grain of salt. If you decide to read this book and take your education on this farther, there are a lot of points that I'm like, "Mm, I don't know if you really know what you're talking about. But one of those is like, I am a big advocate for therapy. I do think therapy is valuable. I don't think you're ever going to catch me saying that I don't think it is. Whether it's marriage counseling, individual counseling, it doesn't really matter. In this book, this author advocates for not seeking therapy and basically advocates for, like I said, implementing these skills that she talks about in her book that I'm going to share with you today. And though I have the evidence myself that these skills work, I also have been to therapy myself. My spouse has been to therapy himself, not recently, like a couple of years ago, but we both have had very positive experiences in therapy. So I think it can be both and it doesn't have to be either or. And I wanted to share like the really vulnerable parts of this because I think a lot of times in society, we also really demonize divorce or talking about it or feeling unhappy in relationships. Like we've all been sold this image of a relationship that has to look a certain way, act a certain way, function a certain way. And we, this is why a lot of us end up in roles where we are mothering our spouses, because we've been taught that that's how we have to behave in order to get what we want. If our husband feels really well taken care of and sought after, and you know, he is given everything, but you're doing literally everything and working full time on top of that. It's like, We think that we are deserving of love and respect when in reality, it takes two to tango. And there are so many things that you might find that you're actually better at in a relationship. And on that note, something that really shifted my perspective was so many of us think that we want a 50 50 relationship. So many of us also think that either that or that we have to do everything or and I think I said this in my Q&A episode, but I'm going to just kind of repeat it here for any of you that didn't listen to it because it was it was something else that really changed the way that I was thinking because because divorce was on the table, I was like, how can I change this? What can I do right now? I went on the hunt because that's just who I am. I'm not somebody that takes anything lying down. I always want to know, like, I actually attribute this to a lot of my success in life Is if I want to know something, I will learn everything about that thing. Like healing from panic attacks. You better believe I went through and searched everything, went to therapy, went to a psychiatrist, worked with like energy healers as well. I was not willing to take that laying down and just accept that this would be my life forever. And that goes That goes true or rings true with anything. Right now I'm working on a merch line. You better believe I am researching every merchandising company. What are their policies like? What's their printing like? I'm looking up reviews for their prints. Are they any good? Because I don't want to put something out that's going to be bullshit. I want to put something out that people would actually wear for years to come and enjoy. So I feel like that's something that like, I just have this insatiable drive to understand. And so when this was up on the table, something so serious, right. I was like, listen, I have to figure something else out. I cannot keep waking up resentful towards my spouse. I cannot keep waking up feeling the way I've been feeling. There has to be something to give. And of course, like I relied on my spiritual team. I did a lot of praying at that time and something else. Sorry, if this is coming out kind of, uh, all over the place, um, Something that I used to say to my spouse a lot during that time period was, you're just not ambitious. It drives me crazy that you're not ambitious. It drives me crazy that I feel like I could literally come up with a thousand ideas a day and dedicate myself to something, but it bothers me to not see you ambitious and going after things. It bothers like, and I don't know why I couldn't tell you why this was so fucking important to me because now I don't really care. And the funny part is, I feel like now that I don't care, my husband actually got ambitious about something. And anyways, we're going to talk more about that as we progress. But like, there was just a lot of toxicity going back and forth. And my main point to bringing everything up is I wanted you to understand that even though I've told you what I believe was going on, even though I was dissatisfied. I was mad that my partner was putting a lot of time and energy into himself, into his video games and not really giving me all of his time and attention, which, like I said, that's a whole other red flag. Even though that's what I was mad about, the thing that I came to understand was it was actually me that was the problem. And I know, hard to hear. You might be in a similar situation where you wish your significant other would buy you gifts, let you receive, take care of things, take some things off your plate, pay more attention to you. You know, that might be, you might be in a very similar situation and you can't even fathom how this could be your behavior that is causing him to pull away. And I felt very much the same. I felt like the information that I found really slapped me across the face. And I was like, oh shit, I actually am doing a lot of these things. This actually is not cute. This is not the behavior that I want to perpetuate in this relationship. And I'm going to take the effort to start changing it. So we're going to go ahead and get into what Laura Doyle, the author of The Empowered Wife, which is a book that I read, or I'm currently still reading it, but I also read The Surrendered Wife, which she also wrote And I also started listening to, um, gosh, what is her name? She has a podcast called becoming her. Um, I can't remember what the heck her name is. I'll link her channel down below because I've talked about her before on my podcast, but she is really big on basically like being a lazy girl to get what you want. (laughs) And especially in her relationship, like she is, She is set on like being in her feminine energy and her partner shows up as the divine masculine. And that's something that I really wanted for myself. And I really feel like when I made these changes, when I implemented these strategies that came out of these books, remember, if you decide to read these books, one of them is significantly outdated. The Surrendered Wife is like from a different time period. And you have to keep that in mind, especially my feminist girlies. But The Empowered Wife, which I believe is a newer version of kind of a similar... Thing, uh, it's definitely better, but there are still some things that I'm like, I don't really know about all of that because one more thing, and then we're gonna get into it. I'm sorry. (laughs) In this book, The Empowered Wife, which, like I said, is where a lot of this information is gonna come from, the author talks about how it's her mission to end world divorce. This concept actually very much bothers me because we are making divorce something that is horrible, negative, bad or that it should never happen. Frankly, there are some people that genuinely just should end up divorced. They are not good for each other. There was never gonna be them working it out. It was never going to be a partnership that was consistent forever and that's okay. It doesn't, it's not like the mark of the fucking beast. If you get a divorce, it's okay. It's common. And sometimes when you are in your early twenties in a relationship, you don't think about how that relationship's going to be in your fifties. And that's okay. People evolve and change and we don't always grow together at the same rate. And it's okay to decide to start again with someone else. So I just wanted to put that in here just from my perspective. I don't think like the word divorce is a dirty word. I don't think that if you've been through one, that that makes you bad or terrible, or that you should have stuck in it, stuck it out more or learned these things from then. Like, no, sometimes, frankly, there are just some really maniacal ass people out there and they don't deserve your time or attention or your love to point blank period. So just wanted to put that in here that like take a lot of the things that i say with a grain of salt. This episode was mainly for those of you that feel like maybe you do mother your spouse, you are frustrated, but you want the relationship to work. You see where maybe it still can and there's still hope. And let's let's get into it. Okay? <laughs> Right, y'all. So what are these six intimacy skills that if you're somebody that's like mothering your spouse, you're doing it all, you feel like he's not paying any any attention to you, you want your soft feminine life. This is it. And I've put this to the test myself, completely transform my relationship. I am literally living. To give you an example before we even get into them, I went From literally waking up in the morning, being filled with resentment, being angry all the time, always having like little nitpicky arguments with my spouse, literally us talking about divorce to I get breakfast in bed almost every single day. My husband will sometimes come home on his lunch break and I'll be taking a nap and he'll literally tell me, I'm so happy that you're getting the rest that you deserve. Like it just, we have such a completely different relationship dynamic now and I feel like I don't have to live with all the stress that I used to live with. We divvy up chores better now. He pays so much attention to me and even has gotten to a point where he plans date nights completely by himself. I don't, that was another thing that like, I was really pissed that I was always planning date night. He now plans date night by himself, opens my car door, takes me out for a good time. We come home. And sometimes we still continue that and we'll have like a movie night together. He genuinely relishes in being able to make me happy. And that is something that has been a complete turnaround. So this is how I know that these things actually work is I've put them to the test myself and I was blown the fuck away. So I'll try to give you personal examples as we go through all six of them, but here's what you're going to do. Okay. So number one, and I've talked about this before I don't know if it was on YouTube or here, but the first thing that you need to do is actually worry about your self care. And I know you're like, what the hell, Chloe? I'm worried about him. I'm worried about us. What are you talking about? No. If you start to take more care of yourself, and I actually knew this before I read about this, because back in August of 2022, I had gone through a friendship breakup and I was very focused on myself and so much to the point that I was not worried about him. I was not thinking about him. I was all consumed with this friendship breakup I had just gone through and like basically making sure that I was okay. And I was listening to like a lot of audiobooks. I was taking myself for hour long walks every day. I was dressing up for myself. I was like stretching and massaging my own body. I was really into my uh, fucking Leo season. Let me tell you, I feel like Leo season every year I get like this and it's Leo season right now, (laughs) but like, I was just really enraptured with myself and it wasn't even because of something he had done. I was just going through my own thing. So I wasn't focused on him. And when I tell you this man would like plead for my time. He was always like, when can I get some of that? When are you going to be free for me? He was almost like seeking me versus it the other way around. And I never really thought too hard about it. I just was like, oh, that's nice. He wants my attention. Awesome. This was also before we had a lot of our relationship problems. So I kind of knew about this beforehand, but here's the thing. When you pour all of your energy into yourself and you are not concerned with his feelings, monitoring what he's doing, asking him what the hell he's doing, why he spends his time a certain way, and you just start taking all of that energy and putting it into you, number one, you get to feel better. Because now you're worried about your nail appointments, you're worried about your facials, you're worried about listening to your own audiobooks, you're having your own solo movie nights, you're dating yourself, okay? When you start to do that, you immediately become more attractive to him because suddenly, remember how it was in the beginning when you first met him, when you weren't so obsessed with him and you were more obsessed with yourself? That's like what kind of ignited this originally was... And I'm, like I said, I'm going with him and her statements because I'm talking about my own relationship, put in whatever works for you and whatever your relationship is like. I don't think that this has to be every man and every woman. I think it could be a woman and a woman, a man and a man, non-binary, non-binary. I don't think it matters. I do think that... Everybody exhibits both traits and everybody has a stronger side of either. Either you are more masculine or more feminine, regardless of how you identify on the binary. Um, We could literally call this being more intuitive or more forceful or more fire or more water. Like it doesn't, the names don't even matter. So just keep that in mind as we carry through. I'm going to keep using him and her and talking about my husband, my man, whatever that is for you, you go for it. So when he realized that i was putting all of my energy back into me he loved this because not only was i enamored with myself i was feeling really filled up because before i would always prioritize what he wanted i would always prioritize what he was doing and thinking i would try to build my schedule around him because i thought it would make him happy but in reality when i started to take all that back started planning my own time started doing my own self-care he was way more interested in what i was doing and I do feel like if you're with somebody that this doesn't happen, that they don't become more interested in you and what you're doing and more curious, you might actually just be with somebody that is not the right fit for you. And I said this in my podcast before, don't you want to know what kind of man he would be if you were not constantly interfering? If you were not constantly trying to plan things and plan your schedule around him, don't you want to know what kind of man he will come out of him when you stop doing that? Because that was my alarm bell. When I first heard this information, I was like, oh shit, I would like to know who this person is without me mothering him and doing this shit all the time. So I decided to make that change. I decided to pour into myself. I started doing the artist's way, which I always recommend to y'all. Uh, I started taking myself out every single week. I started doing my like morning skincare, nighttime skincare. I started to go to bed by myself instead of like insisting that we have to go to bed together. I started getting invested in my own TV shows. I started having my own movie nights. And a lot of times he would end up joining me because he was so interested in what I was doing versus me trying to ask him, Oh, Hey, can we have a movie night? Blah, 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 blah. I was just pouring into me and he took notice. So I know it sounds counterproductive. You just need to trust me on this one. The best way to start integrating this into your life is literally make a list of no less than 20 things that you purely enjoy as a form of self-care, not doing the fucking laundry, not mopping the floor. I don't care what you say. That's not self-care that is doing maintenance tasks. You need to ask yourself what you actually enjoy. And my problem was, and this is honestly a little embarrassing, but I'm going to tell you the truth. My problem was, I had been so wrapped up in him and in my own career, I didn't even know what the fuck I liked doing anymore. I was so invested in caretaking, mothering, and also managing a business that I didn't even have any hobbies anymore. So I had to relearn what I actually liked, what were things that pleased me, and start incorporating them into my life. That might be your story too. I want to assure you there's no shame in it. You don't even need to be embarrassed. I don't need to be embarrassed it's something that can happen and it's okay for you to start rediscovering that. So you're going to take your list of 20 things. You're going to commit to doing three every single day off of that list and putting them at like the front of your schedule. Obviously if you have a day job or something, you know, if you can wake up earlier to complete something, wake up earlier to complete something, but you have to start pouring into yourself. That is number one. It will literally immediately make you more attractive and more appeal. Like you will appeal more to him because you are invested in yourself. Now, number two is you have to relinquish control of people because you cannot control them. And this is where like anxious attachment comes in because That's like another episode for another time talking about attachments. But if you're somebody that's anxiously attached to your partner, which hello, ding, ding, it's me. (laughs) Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. If you are anxiously attached to your partner, you will try to control and predict everything that they do because for you, it's a mark of safety. It keeps you safe in the relationship. But the reality is what you're doing is chokeholding the relationship. You're suffocating it. You're not allowing the other person to be who they are. And in turn, you're also not letting yourself be who you are. So you have to relinquish control. And I mean, gosh, I even saw this and still see this to this day, parroted in my parents' relationship. My mom gets pissed to this day when my dad like smokes or drinks because they're super Mormon and you're not supposed to do that. But like, if my mom would just relinquish that control and let my dad act the way that he acts, I genuinely think it would completely shift the dynamic of their relationship. But... I digress. You have to let your partner be who they are. You have to stop insisting. You know, I was always insisting. You're not ambitious. Why aren't you ambitious? Why don't you do the laundry? Why don't you do the dishes? Why aren't you taking me out on dates? Why, 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 why? Questioning, 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 constantly putting him in the hole, telling him he wasn't good enough, couldn't do enough for me. And in reality, when I just stopped complaining and here's when I just stopped complaining changed everything. And when I just started to let things be, I know that this is hard. This is not easy. Okay. This is not work for the faint of heart. When you expect that every night, the dishes are going to make it into the dishwasher. And you think you have to always be the person to do it. You have to just let it be. If you don't have the energy, you need to admit to yourself. I don't actually have the energy because remember you're worried about yourself. You're worried about your self-care. You're worried about your desires. Okay. I don't have the energy for that. So they're going to sit. And if that means your cats are going to get on the counter and lick your dishes, oh, well, like, oh, well, they can happen tomorrow. Because the problem is you start to feel resentful. I started to feel resentful because I always felt like I had to do everything because in my mind, number one, I was always the person that could do it best. Nobody could do it the way I could do it. It was my standard that ruled all. And on top of that, I wanted to control everything. I wanted everything done my way. My way was the best way. And in doing that, I just crushed any attempt to ever be pleased, to ever be able to receive anything from my spouse, because I was so ready to chokehold the relationship and have it the way I wanted it. And so you really have to get to this place where you have to relinquish control. And the other thing about controlling is oftentimes you think that you're being helpful. You think that by saying like, uh, you know, maybe telling your significant other while they're doing the dishes, like you know that they don't always wipe the counters down. So you feel like you have to tell them, hey, wipe down the counters too. You think you're being helpful by saying those things, but you're not. What you're doing is trying to control the situation and you need to admit that to yourself. You are trying to control the situation and have the kitchen clean the way you want it clean. When in reality, him doing the dishes is a a nice thing. And it's okay. If sometimes you got to do it as a team and you go in and wipe the counters, not right behind him, you know, don't make him feel like he can't do enough. Don't complain about it. And if nobody cleans the counters that night, nobody fucking cleans the counters that night. Okay. On top of that, if you're somebody that's always talking about what they're wearing, how their hair looks, what, you know, how they're speaking to others. I used to do this really annoying thing, which in the moment I thought I was helping. I thought I was helping him to be better about ordering and speaking in a certain way. My husband would go to order food and he would like stumble over all of his order. And I would be like, look, Just make sure you have it ready like this, and then you can say it like this. I would think I was being helpful, but in reality, I'm just telling him that he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, and he's going to take that shit personally. Even if he's not taking it personally, consciously, he now will file away in his brain that he doesn't know how to order food properly, and he's going to continue to stumble over it. Instead of just letting him do what he does, make his own mistakes, let him wear what the fuck he wants, let him dress how the fuck he wants, wear his hair how the fuck he wants, like... There is so much control, like riddle me this, if the roles were reversed, okay, if you are somebody that does this shit, if the roles were reversed and your husband looked at you and was like, you're going to wear that dress out, really? It's wrinkled. You look like a mess. Would you not be fucking offended? Like you think you're doing them a service by telling them how to dress or act or behave, but you're not you're actually hurting them. And that was kind of my eye-opening experience was if every time I went out with my significant other and every time I tried to order, he tried to stop me and tell me how to do it better or talked over me or corrected me in the moment, I would be embarrassed. And yet this is something that, like especially with the ordering thing, I would think I was being helpful and this went on for years. Like this is something that I did from probably the moment we got together. And ultimately it's because I would get anxious about ordering things and messing up my words that I would try to save him from that same peril when that kind of shit doesn't even embarrass him. He doesn't care. So that's what I mean. Like you need to relinquish control in the relationship to restore intimacy. You can't keep pushing this person into the ground and If anything, in order to have safety in a relationship and to have that intimacy back, you really have to come from a place of encouragement instead of this place of always trying to be the helper, the fixer, or the controller. Now, skill number three, I love because this is also something that I fucking did. And I swear, like I see myself in all of these things, but skill number three is just allow yourself to receive gifts compliments, rest and help graciously because feminine energy is the receptive energy and how many times has your significant other bought you a gift and you've immediately turned around and said we can't afford this we have to take it back or oh this this wasn't what i wanted i don't like this now from my perspective I have done this before. My husband has gotten me a gift and I have looked at him and said like, oh, this just isn't really what I wanted. Like I would have preferred something else. And in reality, you think you're expressing to him what you want. and Maybe you have inner childhood wounding, which I do ding ding of parental figures, not listening to you and just trying to give you things that they would like for you. And that creates its own like trauma wound so I would think that I was helping my spouse by telling him actually I don't really like this I would have preferred this instead or I've also literally gone with my husband to take things back and buy the thing that I actually want but here's what happened because I didn't just receive and say thank you for the gift my husband for the last like 10 of the 15 years we've been together has always stressed when it has come to buying me a gift He thinks I'm hard to please. He thinks that it's hard to impress me. It's hard to make me happy because I always have something critical to say about the things that I have received from him. So that's what you need to keep in mind when it comes to this is like, yes, I understand that you might want to tell them you don't know me at all. Why would you think I would like this? But in reality, that's when you stop receiving gifts across the board, because now you've told this person that... They don't know you at all. They're never going to be able to please you. And you're driving the wedge in farther. And it's also deflecting. Sometimes we just don't know how to receive the gift and we go, oh no, you shouldn't have. And this goes with like anybody in your life. Oh no, you shouldn't have. But in reality, you're a fucking walking goddess. Yes, they fucking should have. And... Just let yourself receive the gift, regardless of if it's like the most heinous sweater or you like gold jewelry, but it's silver jewelry, or he got you a perfume, but you prefer different kinds of perfume. It's okay to just say thank you and remember that that person thought about you while you weren't there. And that's the real gift. It's not about being able to meet your every single whim and every single joy and happiness. Again, as I've been stating throughout this entire episode, thinking that your happiness is completely on your spouse's shoulders or on your partner's shoulders, that is a huge red flag. You are responsible for your own happiness. And that's why that self-care tip is so important because when you're filling yourself up, you will have a totally different relationship. So receiving gifts, compliments, and help graciously. I feel like this also goes into like, um, my, like, I feel like before my husband would like make breakfast. And I would complain that he didn't make the thing that I wanted. And within that, I would be like, it's just like really not what I want to eat right now. And I would get up and make myself something else. But here's what happened. We just started making our own breakfast. I didn't get breakfast in bed ever because I didn't just let myself receive and decide to eat that day. And when I turned that off and I decided just to let myself eat... Now, my husband makes me breakfast almost every single day of the fucking week. That is the truth. He makes breakfast constantly for both of us. And we've gotten to a place because I've expressed my desire, which is something else. I've expressed my desire for something. He also knows what I like. And he feels more adept at delivering that to me so now i also get the breakfast options that i would prefer but it takes time to build that and you're not going to get it by constantly putting this person down and telling them not that way i don't like that don't give me this i don't want that you need to flip it the other way and instead just say thank you hey that was so thoughtful thank you so much that's how you get more of it it's like you you stroke the positive reinforcement instead And I'm not trying to say that like men are like dogs, even though some of y'all might believe that, but everybody works better when they have positive reinforcement. Again, with any of these things that I talk about today, I want you to flip the script and ask yourself how you would feel if the tables were turned. If you tried to do a nice thing, make breakfast for this person. And they were always like, Oh, this is just not what I want. And they got up and made a different breakfast. Even if you were like, yeah, I want you to have what you want. And that was like, your internal monologue, you would also feel some sense of like, damn, I just tried to make you happy. That sucks. So just try it, just try it, just try it. This is probably, I mean, I feel like all of them are very heavy lifters, but the next thing, skill number four is you need to respect the person that you're with. My problem was I didn't respect anything this man did, right? I always thought I could do everything better. As we've discussed, I had no respect. I, anytime he did something, if I thought I could do it better, I was criticizing, shaming, telling him how I could do it better and how it should be done to be more efficient. Here's the thing. If you wanted that in your relationship, you should have fucking married yourself. Point blank period. You should have married yourself and you need to accept that they're going to do things differently than you are. You are never going to do things exactly the same. They might see how you do something and consider adapting that for themselves, But they are never going to do things exactly the way that you would do it. And there's actually statistics in this book that talk about how a lack of respect in a relationship actually causes more breakups and divorces than even cheating does when you don't respect the person that you're with. So we got to stop the criticizing. We have to respect how they do things, what their process is like. And not to mention when, again, when you don't rescue, interfere, try to teach, you'll find that they will be inspired to step into that masculine role. I have a great example of this. My husband, his role in our house from the dawn of time has always been to take out the trash. He has missed countless, 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 countless trash days, okay? Doesn't take the can out to the curb. Doesn't take the trash out in a timely manner that I would like. And I would nag the shit out of this man to make it happen And finally, with the introduction of having more respect, I just stopped. I just stopped insisting that he needed to remember it was trash day. I stopped reminding him. I stopped mothering him. And guess what happened? He missed three trash weeks in a row. And you know what? I didn't nag him. I didn't complain. I didn't say anything. I would just deep breathe every time I would think about it. Yes, of course, I wouldn't have let that happen if my job was the trash, However, I just let it go. I just let it go. I let him handle it. And what happened is he took a huge load of trash to our local dump. And then he set a reminder in his phone to remind him every Thursday night that he needs to put the can out. And guess what? He doesn't miss trash day anymore. It had to be his idea. It was his own self-respect that became inspired. I didn't need to nag him, remind him, or beg him to do anything. Yes, I had to witness this thing happen multiple. I had to basically like let him fail, let him fail, let him make mistakes. Because you know what? If you're always trying to rescue mother and do everything, you don't allow him to make his own process. You don't allow him to fail. When you disrespect him by constantly insisting that you can always do it better by controlling everything, it is a form of disrespect. You disrespect him. And when... Your partner feels respected by you, they are inspired to take care of things better. I know that from personal experience. So respect him, respect the things that he does. Don't expect that he's going to do everything like you. And just don't dismiss, criticize, or contradict or try to teach him anything. It's not your job. That's not on your paper. That's not your problem. That's a him problem. And Not to say that if he ever asks for your advice, you're not allowed to say anything, but don't do it in a criticizing way. And in fact, it's even better if you flip that back on him and say, you know what? It's whatever you think, because that also inspires them to make their own decisions, their own choices, and to not always rely on you to be the savior, which is something I think you're trying to get out of if you want that soft feminine life and you feel like you're doing everything. Okay. Skill number five is gratitude. And I know we all talk about gratitude just being like the best thing for everyone. But when it comes to gratitude, this is why I say like that positive reinforcement is so important. I'm going to go back to the breakfast analogy because I used to criticize breakfast, right? And what happened is instead of criticizing, knowing that I needed to express more gratitude for my partner and all the things that he does that are so wonderful. Not only did I start to look for those things because that completely changed the dynamic of our relationship. When I realized all the things that he did do versus the things that he didn't, when I started to express gratitude, a minimum of three times a day, now it's constant. I don't even have to count how many I'm always thanking him for things. When I started to express more gratitude for him, it was like, he just, it, it again, it comes back to that like positive reinforcement. He knew he was doing a good job. He knew that I was happy and he want ultimately at the end of the day, though, my happiness is not his job. And he knows that. And I know that he wants me to be happy. That is point blank period. My partner wants me to be happy the same way I want him to be happy. And so any way that he can facilitate that without killing his own re- energy reserves, he will always make it happen every single time. And It's because not only have I implemented everything we've talked about, but I thank him every time he does. I don't just let any little thing go unnoticed. If he takes the can out to the curb, I tell him how grateful I am that he does that because it takes it off of my plate and I don't have to think about it. I tell him how grateful I am that... He handles our finances, even if at first that was so fucking scary because I have been the financial manager for all of our relationship. And when I gave it to him, there was a little bit of a clinkiness to it. It was not perfect at first. And now I don't have to think about bills. I don't have to think about any of that. Everything just gets paid. He handles it in the way that he handles it. I don't even have to consider it. I'm a way less stressed out person. And I thank him for that. I tell him like, thank you so much for keeping up with that. So I don't have to worry about it. Thank you so much for, and my favorite is also just like using gratitude as like a praise tool. So when my husband makes me breakfast now, not only do I tell him, thank you. I constantly reinstill the belief in him that he makes the best breakfast that nobody can do it better than him, that he is fucking the master chef in the morning And even if he ever serves me a subpar breakfast, I do not fucking tell him that. I literally will tell him it's the best breakfast I've ever had. And you might think that that's some sneaky shit, but let me tell you never am I left empty handed. Never am I not in bed enjoying my breakfast in the morning. Guess who is getting that soft feminine treatment? It's me. So inspire that man, give that praise. Tell him he's good at things. And even if you have to fake it till you make it a little bit, because now I also think that through giving that positive gratitude, he also has stepped up to that. He has risen to it. And now is like, oh shit, I am really good at breakfast. And he like goes the extra mile to make it really good. So, and I know I keep going back to breakfast because it's just like an easy thing that I know has changed in my life. But that's something that like genuinely, it was the first place that I saw change. And The last skill is that you have to strive to be vulnerable. And this is probably the hardest skill to master of all six because a lot of us have been traumatized. A lot of us have been conditioned that vulnerability is terrifying. And even when we talk about like authenticity on this podcast and everywhere else in my brand, all authenticity really is, is vulnerability. It's allowing yourself to be vulnerable. And I know if you've not been vulnerable with this person in a long time, if it feels scary, if y'all have a really weird dynamic, you have to be, somebody has to be willing to start to be vulnerable first. And the more you do it, the better it gets, the better it gets. Because when you're vulnerable and you allow yourself to actually express what you really, truly desire from your partner, I promise you They will deliver. So like an example is instead of saying to your partner, you're always playing video games. You never spend time with me. What you need to say and be more vulnerable about is, Hey, I really miss you. And I would love to spend some more quality time together. That's it. That's the desire. It's not, I desire you never to play video games again. This shit ruins our relationship. That's anger. That's the ego talking. It's not vulnerable. Vulnerability says, here's the need that I'm not having met right now, that I feel like we could actually consciously meet together. So it takes vulnerability to get to the true desire. So it's also your birthright standing in your feminine power to have desire. Desire is such a, an important key element to divine feminine energy, in my opinion. And when you let yourself actually express your true desires, I swear to you, this person will step up to the plate. You just have to recognize how you're going about it. So, something that I would love to give you the example on is I went to my husband and I told him straight up, hey, I, this was like before I got to the true desire. So hear me out here. Eventually I got to the true desire and I went back to my spouse and I told him the true desire and we were able to have a much better conversation. But before I knew what the true desire was, when I was still angry and pissed off, I went to my husband and I said, look, I'm tired of planning all the date nights. I'm sick of this being my job. You should want to take me out. I'm so tired of this. You handle it first of all, what the fuck kind of an approach was that? If, if he talked to me like that, do you think I would want to succumb to what he wanted? Absolutely not. So there was that. And then interestingly enough, this man, I don't know how I got so fucking lucky. He did. And he was like, Hey, he would start to ask me like, Oh, do you want to go out on this day or this time? And then I got mad at him again. And I was like, dude, I just want you to plan the date. I don't want to interfere. I want you to tell me what the dress code is like. I want you to tell me what day, what time. I don't want to be given options. I just want you to say, Hey, go to my, like, literally I instructed him step-by-step how ridiculous I was being so fucking ridiculous. (laughs) I said, go to my whiteboard where I keep all of my calendar shit and go just pencil in a day you don't see anything there, go put a day and a time on there and I will see it. Just tell me what the dress code is. That's what I need. And he got really upset because number one, I was trying to control the situation. I was not articulating what my actual true desire was because I didn't know at the time. And we kind of got into a fight and stopped hanging out that night. And it completely disconnected the intimacy in the moment because I couldn't be vulnerable. And then after I spent some time caring for myself, following skill number one, I asked myself, Chloe, what was the true desire? What was the desire that you missed right there? What happened? And I went back to him later and I said, Hey, I'm really sorry about how I tried to control the situation. That was really disrespectful of me. I wasn't respecting that you were making an effort and I'm really sorry. And the need that wasn't being met for me is that I would really desire, or I would really love to go out with you and not have to make any of the plans. I would really desire to have a stress-free date night out with you where I literally just showed up. That would mean the world to me. I would really love to not have to handle the stress of the logistics. And guess what? Not even two days later, this man took me out for a really nice dinner a really nice ice cream out on the pier. We laughed, we played, we danced. It was such a good fucking time. He knew exactly what I wanted, where I wanted to go without even having to ask me. We just did the damn thing. And that's what I mean. When it comes to being vulnerable with your partner, you have to be able to be vulnerable with yourself and ask yourself, what do you actually desire from this person? Because if it's quality time, Again, you can't just demand, oh, these fucking video games, right? You have to say, hey, I would really love to spend some quality time with you. If it's physical touch, you're not going to say, you never touch me. You never look at me. You're going to say, hey, I would really love if we could spend some time cuddling this evening. I would really love. And that's it. Start your sentence with that. I would really love blank. Don't try to manipulate your way to get what you want. Don't try to control the situation. Just make a statement. And recognize that sometimes the answer will be no. Sometimes your partner is not going to be able to fulfill your desire. And that's okay. Just the same way that you cannot fulfill his or hers every desire or theirs. He cannot fulfill yours. And sometimes the answer will be no. And it doesn't mean you have to pout or cry or be upset. It's just, you know what? He really can't do that right now. And remember all of the things that he does do. Okay. When you enact these six different skills, it will take time. You are not going to see this person magically transform into their masculine overnight. You won't, I promise. You will see some changes pretty significantly right away, but you will not see every little intricacy change right away. It's going to take a little bit of time because at first what happens, a lot of times when the other person sees you change, it's almost like there's a rubber band effect. Like they kind of get snapped back and they're like, what the fuck? They don't really realize what's going on and you don't need to explain it to them. You don't need to say, hey... I read this book. I listened to this podcast. I'm going to enact these six intimacy skills. In fact, it's even better if you don't say anything and you just start doing it. And at first they don't know if they can trust it because it feels weird. And the more you consistently show up, don't expect yourself to be perfect. The more you consistently show up, I promise you, you will inspire his masculine. I didn't believe it. I was definitely really unsure of a lot. I will link the book down below if you want to read the whole thing because it was a good read. Uh, I'm actually not quite done with mine, but I'm near the end. And I honestly think I want to read it again (laughs) because I thought it was really good, but uh, it will take some time. Like I've been working on this, gosh, I don't even know how many months, probably since like May, maybe even earlier. Actually, I want to say I've been working on this since like April, April, May, June, July, August, yeah, we're coming up on like five months. And I feel like I saw a dramatic change about two to three months in, but I saw some immediate shifts right away. So just take this episode for what it is. Like I said, it's kind of like talking about a diet. Some things are gonna resonate, some things are not. Some of this, you probably might not agree with any of it. That's not for me to tell you. If you wanna give it a try, if you're at your wit's end with your relationship, if shit is not feeling good and you wanna change it, what do you have to lose is kind of how I take it. And don't forget, I'll link the book down below that I mostly reference this from. And I will also link that YouTubers channel that I like talking about. I can't remember what her name is, but she has a podcast as well. That's oh, Margarita. It's Margarita something. (laughs) And I know some of y'all actually go and listen to her because I get Instagram DMS from y'all where you're asking me like, do you really do this stuff with your man? And I've been like, yes, I really do. And at first, I honestly, in closing, I actually talked a little bit about some of this stuff with my husband's because he's like fully aware. He knows what's going on. And when I talked to him about this stuff, he was very resistant himself. He was like, what the fuck? This is crazy. You're wackadoo. And then I just started doing it and it, it genuinely has made our relationship better. I genuinely feel like I am in a softer feminine era of my life. I get to rest, receive, relax. I get to work less for the first time in my adult life. Like actually I get to work less. It literally inspired my husband. He became more ambitious without me doing anything except for changing myself. And he actually went out and found a job that he wanted. Like he wanted to go to work. And in turn, that has allowed me to kind of step off the gas a little bit. I don't work as much as I used to. I've been able to kind of rest a little bit more, which I have desperately needed in my career. So I feel like it's just been a really healthy and good turn of events. And I hope that this information sits well with you. I hope that I gave you something to at least think about and, uh, please do not forget to leave me a rating. If you're on any major platform, rate me, interact with the Q and a, as well as the poll. If you're on Spotify and, um, uh, you know, obviously share this. If there's somebody, you know, that's going through it with their spouse, please share this episode with them. My goal for this year is to reach a billion listens or a million downloads And that would really help me out. So if you know anybody that's going through it and they like want to save their relationship, this might be a good episode for them. So thank you so much for tuning in. Please do not forget when you stand on your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. And I will talk to you next week. Bye, you beautiful, amazing, magical, um, magical spooky bitch.